heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your own phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more podcast platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Folks, we only have two more sleeps until the NFL draft. But for as crazy as the NFL draft is and everything else, the man to my right had a take this week. Josh Allen, bad for fantasy football. (laughs) I just love how... I, I had to start here because I've been seeing this and I've been seeing Bill's Bill's Twitter basically going on about like four years we got our savior. I'm like four years ago you were booing this man and you did not want him. You were clamoring for Josh Rosen. So it's the perfect office meme of how the turntables have turned. <laughs> yeah. Uh Buffalo Bill fans, man. Uh, so I wrote a piece for DeanBondell.com. I cover fantasy football over there. And one of the things I covered was the Bills don't want Josh Allen running the football as much. Sean Mc- Josh or Sean McDermott wants to kind of reduce that. He ran the ball 122 times last season for like 822 yards. Like that's a lot of, that's a lot of running downs. And he, the ball was in his hand a lot. Buffalo has had an issue. Uh, getting their running backs going. Devin Singletary's never really kind of worked out to what we thought he was going to be. And so I was like, listen, if McDermott has his way, he's not going to run the football as much. And I mean, I, I used a pretty good rationale. I know the article piece, I didn't mention this, but like when I was arguing, like not arguing, but discussing it with Bill's fans on Twitter after, I was like, listen, I, I'm predicting that his yards are going to get cut down to like 450. Yeah. You know what I mean? From 855. Like they're all they're gonna go pretty much in half because he's not gonna be running the football as much. But like I think that I know that I got accused of being I got a lot of like I got a couple of DMs. One guy like just really mad at me. Um, I got some quote tweets, and one of the common themes from this piece was oh, clickbait, clickbait, clickbait. This is what they're saying about Josh last year. The NFL is gonna figure them out. And I was like, yo, I'm like, read the article, not the headline. First of all, the headline says fantasy football 101 expect josh allen to regress he's been the best fantasy football or best fantasy quarterback for the last two seasons i started the article by saying he's the most dynamic quarterback in the nfl i had been on record throughout like the last six months saying that i believe josh allen is the best quarterback in football above patrick mahomes you know like i've made that argument and the fact that the, the Bills Mafia came at me to the point that I had to make a video on Twitter and tell them to chill the F out and that like, it's it's all fantasy related. And if like, I mean, if you read the article, I started it by just like, you know, gobbling Josh Allen for them. And then I was like, hey, he's still the best, but he's not going to be the best fantasy quarterback. You know what I should have put in the article is there was like a good stretch of time that Philip Rivers and Tony Romo were the best quarterbacks in fantasy above Tom Brady, above Aaron Rodgers, above Drew Brees, above Peyton Manning, fantasy football and football that happens on the field 
are not the same thing. And that's one of the things we talk about on our show all the time because we cover betting and fantasy football for Dean Bondell and a part of the Dean Bondell Network. And the one thing that, that we talk about on a constant basis is don't build your fantasy team the way you would build your your regular team like for instance you know for when you look at running backs like a guy like deandre swift uh who plays for the detroit lions like he's a guy for the the average is 4.1 yards per carry plus he got went out there and got like 800 yards and receiving it over like 1200 all-purpose yards because of who he is um <clears throat> he's like a, a tier three rb2 running back in fantasy football but if i'm building a team to try to win a championship he's probably my running back one you know there's only a couple the christian mccaffrey jonathan taylor derrick henry maybe eckler like there's only four or five running backs ahead of him however in fantasy he's eighth just because of the team he plays for because of the other things so yeah bill's mafia's got to chill and anybody who looks at fantasy the same way that they look at on the field is is crazy. It, it's and you know what, and I'm so I know I'm digressing here, but we deal with the same thing when it comes to handicapping. Yeah. Um. I handicapped uh the Green Bay Packers the other day. There was paying they're paying plus one thousand on DraftKings, and I was like, so I wrote a piece on it. I'm like, uh, to win the Super Bowl, and I wrote a piece on. It. I'm like, that's not enough value for me. They have a you know they're they're they digressed as a team both defensively and offensively. They lost Devontae Adams. They lost some key pieces. Um, plus 1,000, I don't think they're the third best. I don't think they should be the third betting favorite to win the Super Bowl when you've seen all the moves in the AFC. The only advantage they have is that the NFC is weak yep. and they could have a chance, but I still put Tampa Bay ahead of them. I still put the Rams ahead of them. Um, I've said with a little bit of luck, this could be a season that a team like Detroit makes the playoffs. This could be a season that a team like Minnesota wins the division over Green Bay. Um, so, and I know you're a handicapper on TikTok and stuff. I see your stuff. I see you there. I don't always like it, but I always press the like, but I see you and, uh, and you're a gracious loser as well. I got to say like when you miss, like, you're like, Hey, bad night last night. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, um, I it. yeah, but I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm not willing to put any money. Like I, like if I'm betting my heart. So when we say like, this is the thing, I don't want people to take my bets and be like, dude, I put all this money on this because you told me to. I'm like, I'm not telling you to do anything. Yeah. Your money is your money. However, one agreement that we made when we started like doing handicapping and covering betting, anything that I say I would bet on, I'm going to put money on. And so when I look at Green Bay at plus 1,000, I don't have enough money to bet on every team on DraftKings to win the Super Bowl. Um, I'm going to put my money in, in other locations. I have bet on the Raiders winning the Super Bowl because they're paying like plus 1,600. Um, they're a dark horse. That doesn't mean I think they're going to win the Super Bowl, but to me, that was me gambling. And I said, yeah, I would put money. Or they, Sorry, I think they're plus 2,600. Sorry, they're not even plus 69. I think they're plus 26. I could be wrong. I can't remember off the hot top of my head, but I'm like, I'll put money on that. Well, Packers fans lost their mind, right? Because yeah. I said I wouldn't bet on them winning the Super Bowl. And I'm like, dude, just look at the odds. If I'm going to put you're betting the super bowl in april you well, know what I mean? for your buck <laughs> yeah in april you're like that's exactly what you do you're looking for the best value hey who's a dark horse that could come through because if the raiders start the season eight no that plus 1600 or whatever i think they're plus 26 that plus 2600 they're gonna be plus a thousand come november but i'm still sitting there with my plus 2600 bet you're trying to look for futures and look for dark horses so people got to realize that betting especially futures betting and fantasy football is not the same as on the field, you know, and that type of thing. 
Exactly. Like whenever I do a video, like I've been asked by people like, oh, so do you actually put money on everything you do? Like for all of you know out there, yes, betting I do daily or at least four to five times a week, if not more. But even during the season two, I say this game's a seven and a half point favorite. I just give my opinion. Do I think it's going to cover? Do I think the other team's going to cover? And if someone can come at me being like, oh, you said the Pats were going to cover the spread. Why did they cover the spread? I'm like, I don't know. I don't control it. I'm just saying. Because they didn't score enough happen. points. Exactly. <laughs> Even though they were the under kings for like the first five or six weeks of the season last year, but that's another story. Um, but you're 100% right when you say that. Everyone's got to realize fantasy football, something that we use on here, and gambling do not correlate to what you see on the field. Obviously, gambling does or handicapping, but like odds I like, for example, were the Baltimore Ravens at plus, I think it was plus 1600 or plus 18 or 22 to win yeah. the Super Bowl. Great like odds. If, yeah, and even too, I saw the Pats were plus thirty five hundred right now. So, if you're gonna bet on something, you bet on the odds that are gonna pay you better. Like I was looking for Thursday, which, and I don't condone drafting betting on the NFL draft because you're a degen, especially. <coughs> Excuse me. If you want to bet on the USFL, be my guest, but that's that's degenerate territory you're entering. Um, I was looking at to see what Aiden Hutchinson to go second overall was, and it was minus one thirty because I'm like, okay, if there's insane yeah. money where people think. He's going first and everything, but that MGM, which obviously, look, I gaming in Ontario now, completely, completely legal. That MGM had him at minus one thirty, and I'm like, I'm not going to put my money there because I got to bet like a lot of it to win just a little of it. If you want to go for the bets, go for something that's going to pay you a crazy amount of money. Like I don't know, Icky Quanu to go first overall. Meanwhile, going back to your point about the Packers, you're going to look at the team that's plus twenty five hundred, plus twenty six hundred, not the team that's plus a thousand. So for everyone saying. Oh, why did you bet the bit? Like, why did you bet the not bet the Packers in the Super Bowl? It's not that you don't think it. It's just that you want if you're going to bet on something, you're looking for value. No, absolutely. And you know what? Like, I I believe my my preseason pick for the Super Bowl this year is the Buffalo Bills, right? That's yeah. what I'm telling them. And I was explaining this the other night on my podcast because I was I wrote an article saying I'm not going to bet on them at plus six fifty. They're the favorites. Um, I'm not doing it. Those, you know what I mean? We're talking yeah. five to one odds to win the Super Bowl in April. Like, those are awful odds. Um, sorry, six to one odds. And I said, I want to bet on them. I said, my hopes is, is that Buffalo goes like one and three to start the season and then comes alive because they're suddenly going to be like plus 1200 plus 1300. Cause some other team, you know, is going to start three and one and they're going to say, Oh, Josh Allen doesn't have it. And this team does. And, and the books are going to go crazy. And, and, and once the season starts, like right now, the books are really controlled by the handicapper. Yeah. Once the season starts, Let's face it, the books are controlled by the betters. Wherever the money is going, that's what's going to change the bets. You're going to see a lot of money dumped in other directions, and that's only going to increase Buffalo. So it's not value to bet on Buffalo in April. I'm looking to bet on them. I want them, like, I'm taking a gamble that they're going to start not looking like the best team in the league like they did last year and kind of, you know, build their momentum. Yeah. And then then take them when they're, like, plus 1,200 because now I'm getting the value that I'm looking for. At plus 650 – you know, I, I so what I did is as I've thought about for this season, and, and let's not forget these all these future bets we're making. We've been talking about this for the last two weeks. All these future bets we're making are yeah. going to completely change after this weekend because as soon as this draft comes along, it's going to reset the whole market. Um, we pr we primarily use DraftKings and Fantasy Pros. Um, not that we necessarily like those, but um, what we tell people is that we're trying to keep our content consistent. If you're if you really want to gamble. It's what we tell people. Like if you if you're new to gambling and you really want to sports gamble, 
First of all, if you're new to gambling, I don't suggest you betting on future picks. Just no. bet on games, right? No, Just no. learn how to gamble by betting on games. Do single games, then get into parlays and that kind of thing. And then once you get a hang of it and you understand value, then you can start putting on what you got. Because you're talking a lot of juice sometimes, like minus 115 to win the East for the Bills. Like uh, that's a lot of juice to win 100 bucks in April, right? Yeah. If Josh Allen blows his ACL the first week of the season, they're not the favorites to win the East anymore. And I've lost 115 bucks trying to win 100, right? So what I get at is, 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 uh, we try to stay consistent, but if you are looking for value and you are looking for those things, check out the different sites. There's different gambling sites all the time. Like, um, like I'll take a shot at OLG. I never bet on ProLine because their odds are ridiculously stupid, like especially yeah. for football. I don't bet on hockey. I don't know if it's comparison, but for football, you're watching, you know, you go to do a point spread to go do a parlay. You're looking at Vegas, and they got say the Patriots at minus two, you know, minus two and a half. You go to to the pro line, they got them at, at minus four and a half, and you're like, how do you get off doing this? How do you get off giving them two more points than Vegas is giving them? But um, you know, I I've been uh, playing around with the score app a little bit. I don't know if you've tried it yet, the score gambling. I you know, I figure I'm a, I'm I'm doing a gambling show. I better try it out. Um. I would say odds are comparable. You know what I mean? I, you can tell there's still a lot of bugs in the system, so I'm not prepared to, to use that to bet yet. But, um, yeah, no, man, do your research. Go around. Look at MGM. Look at Caesars. Look at DraftKings. Look at all the different betting sites. Look at all the different odds. Um, I would I would suggest using a reputable website. You know, we just got approached um, by this, like, off-brand company which i found out was attached to this other chinese company which was like a shell of another company and they wanted us they wanted to sponsor us and you know we talked about it as a team with with the network and we're all like yeah nah you know what i mean let's wait yeah. and let's let's try to because then i got to go off their site and it's like i was looking at the odds and i was looking at everything i'm like they're they're out to lunch i'm like this is not what i want to represent because i'm going to just start trashing this thing and it, i've heard i've heard griff that trashing your sponsors on air is a bad thing really you don't think that's going to be something good um that that that, that, that before i go somewhere else that brings me to yeah. i gotta go off topic here but i remember there was a simpsons episode like way 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 back when when the show was at its peak and Dredrick Tatum, the famous boxer, basically is holding up these ugly shoes. And he's just like, I have been paid millions to endorse these butt ugly sneakers. And then, like, everyone walks away in disgust. He's like, wait, what? 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 What, what did I say? What did I say? Um, but Can I give on, one more piece of gambling advice before we change over? Yes. Never bet against your favorite team. Keep them right off the books. I don't even say bet for your favorite team. It always reminds me of that. that let's go back to the Simpsons. It's a Thanksgiving episode, peak 90s, and Maggie comes up, and Homer picks up and goes, Hi, Maggie. That's the Dallas Cowboys, daddy's favorite team. And we need them to lose by four and a half points. You know what I mean? It's never, never bet. I don't care how serious of a game we are. Never bet against your favorite team because it's just not enjoyable to cheer for. You know, you're a Leaf yeah. fan. I see you with your Leaf jersey. Are you going to be cheering against the Leaf games against the Leafs game six of the Stanley Cup playoffs because you got a bet on you know Tampa? No, uh, right? no. My my go to with them has been the overall year. That's been my bread <laughs> and butter. Um, but no, I remember that episode. I remember Lisa the Greek as well. I think season three or four where he was using Lisa to bet on football games and all that stuff. Yeah, a lot of money. Um, but before we go, actually, with companies and betting and everything, I've got to bring me to a. Uh, a partner of my show, which is Betstamp. 
And what BetStamp is, is an app where you can download iOS, Google, App Store, and you can shop for odds. So basically you go on there and you look up tonight's Jays versus Red Sox game. And it will give you what books give you the best odds to win the most amount of money, whether it be the run line, the money line, the over-under. So say if FanDuel's got better odds than Caesars, it's going to try to get you to go and draft and bet your money on a FanDuel. And then you can also link your betting accounts to BetStamp. And then from there, you um, basically, so if you place a bet on FanDuel, it'll automatically transfer over to the app. Download today, guys. Link in bio, promo code GRIFFBY. You know what to do. That's a sick app. I'm not even going to push it. I never heard of it before, and I'm looking at it now. I'm like, that's a sick app. It that's is. A... It, it really is. Like, I just use it. And then, so basically, you can also follow famous handicappers and stuff like that as well, or celebrities. Like, I think Mike Florio's on there, a couple of the guys from Barstool, uh, Kelly in Vegas. There's uh, Liv Moods as well. Oh, wow. Um, they're hey, all Bet on Stamp, there. Uh, Betstamp, yeah. DearPatsNation.com. Check us out. Yes. Promo code Griff B. Um, but yeah, so basically just lets you shop for the best odds and everything. And I linked up with them and I am an ambassador for them. So you use the promo code and it does a little something for me. Griff um, B. I'll be now using the real, it. Now the real reason why you're here, I don't want to do this because I'm going to show two graphics. Because for all you folks who want to know why I get to do this, Ray got me on it a few months ago. So there's the 2022 Patriots, but then there's draft week feelings. The two of them kind of go one and one together because – you know how you say we're talking about gambling odds, how you betting now is just not reasonable because you want to wait for the draft to be done because yep. things can change. Who knows? There could be someone wearing number 19 for the Patriots by Saturday, for all we know. Um, <laughs> but you can't – there's two rules I have. One, don't place futures like right now because it's not really worth it. But the other one is two, you can't predict how the team is going to do. You can say, hey, I have a feeling of how they're going to do, but you can't be going, I think the Patriots are going to be a 10-7 and 7 team again this year. You have to wait because I've seen people already doing like way too early record predictions. I'm just like so much can change in the matter of five months, but so much is going to change in the matter of four days that we don't know what's going to go on. So, yeah, you got Patriots. It's just one of those things where how do you feel about it right now? Yeah, you got to do it in a sense or how you do it. So I like to do the, the way too early predictions. I just did one last week. Yeah, last week, I like doing the way too early predictions and the way later predictions because I love to, and we talk about this on our podcast all the time, it's so great to try to like do these prediction records. And we've done it for a lot yeah. of teams, not just the Patriots. We go through their schedule and we like, we've been keeping a record of what we've been saying because we want to go back now, like in December and be like, how bad were we? Like how <laughs> off were we in April? And we like put the date down, like March 27th, we took the Jets to win four games. And, you know, um, so right now, dude, um, I went through the list and uh, I think that the Patriots are playing a couple of teams that are way overvalued by the rest of the NFL. Uh, one being the Indianapolis Colts. I'm sick of hearing about the Colts. One of my good buddies online, Lawrence Owen over at Colts Law. You can check him out. Uh, big Colts guy. Um, I can't even listen to him speak about the Colts anymore. He was on my Patreon on Friday night, my hangout on Friday night, and told me that this was the best team that Matt Ryan ever played on. Um, and today a graphic came out that had Indi or had uh, Indianapolis is like the second worst receiving core in the NFL. Uh, you know, with Michael Pittman leading the way. And I'm like, how can you compare that to prime Julio Jones and Mohamed Sanu and Austin yeah. Hooper? Like, um, and the and the Patriots play that white too. Yeah. I had to pay I have a, at this moment, and and I said I granted there was a games that could flip both ways. Um, I have the Patriots going eleven and five, which surprised me because I I've, I've been talking about, or sorry, eleven and six, 
which surprised me because I've been talking out loud about the Patriots winning like maybe nine games, maybe 10 games. Um, I said I wouldn't be surprised if the Patriots took a, a back a step back this year because I think they overachieved a little. I think last season the Patriots overachieved a little bit and the rest of the AFC sort of underachieved. Uh, Kansas City, Buffalo, even though you know they both kind of ended up where they were. Um, I, I we expected more out of them, out of both those teams. Uh, we expected way more out of Baltimore. Obviously, injuries got the best of them. We, I think, we expected more out of Cleveland, who were just a friggin' disaster. Um, I expected more to Denver last year, who obviously the quarterback issue. I thought Teddy Bridgewater was going to be enough with that defense and those receivers to at least make them competitive. So. I think there was a lot of teams in the and and really we didn't know. I, I I'm gonna be honest with you. I was one of those guys who thought at some point Deshaun Watson was gonna return to football. Like I really did, and I thought that they're gonna become a pain in the ass. However, I will throw out there that I think Davis Mills is gonna be a good quarterback. So I don't think he's gonna be like a great quarterback, but I think he's gonna be a good quarterback. He's gonna be in the NFL for a long League time. Average. We compared him to Matt Schwab the other night. We think that he's going to be like a, a different version of Matt Schwab when he was, you know, he got to the Houston to the playoffs a couple of times and, you know, decent, decent quarterback. Yeah. Um, so I had the pay again, I had the Patriots going 11 and five. I was surprised by my, my, my record when I went to it. Um, it could have been an optimistic day for me. I throw that out because I go up and down. Um, however, I think that for me, Devontae Parker made a big difference in my eyes um, of what this Patriots team is going to be. And then you kind of like, as you just do things, you probably go through it as well. As you just kind of like do things and you're like, hey, I got to I got to do a piece about. So I'm doing one tonight. I just was working on it before I came over here. I'm like, oh, I got to do some of the Patriots. Uh, so I go to like PFF Patriots on Twitter to see what they're posting out. And the piece I'm working on tonight is that Jacoby Myers was the uh, was ranked had the fourth highest catching percentage on contested catches last year, which kind of like blew my mind. I was like Jacoby Myers was number four overall. The guys in front of him are like Mike Evans and and uh, Jalen Waddle and and um, uh, Ceedee Lamb. So I was like, okay, because I've been going under the assumption that. Jacoby Myers wasn't going to have that much of a role in the Patriots this year, especially if the Patriots take like a John Mechie or something of that nature in the, in the draft, which I do think they'll take. I know we're going to get to the draft, but I do think they're going to take a wide receiver. However, so I started looking back at it. I'm like, okay, you got Kendrick Bourne, who was the 21st ranked wide receiver on PFF last season. So, I mean, you're talking a top 25 wide receiver. Uh, who's going to play the Julian Edelman role. I know a lot of Patriot fans think it's Jacoby Myers, but it's not. It's Kendrick Bourne. Kendrick Bourne plays that plays that role. So you have a, a Kendrick Bourne who plays really well. Now you get Devontae Parker and Jacoby Myers who can both win those contested catches and can both do things with the ball in their hands. So I'm like, you got two really tough receivers who can win those kind of those, you know, 50-50 balls and win those contested catches. You've got Kendrick Bourne. The Patriots let Jakob Johnson walk this year and basically told him we're not going to be carrying a fullback, which should be indication to everybody on the planet that Johnu Smith is going to have a bigger role on this team this year. They're going to run a lot of two tight end and three tight end sets. And then you got Johnu Smith and Hunter Henry. And I think this year, mark my words on this show right now, we said it last night, but we'll do it on, on, on your podcast as well. Devin Asiasi, we believe, is going to have his breakout year next year. He's not going to be a thousand yard receiver or anything of that nature, but we think that he's finally going to kind of get his opportunity to show who he is. Uh, so, but when you break it all down, and then you've got Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris, who are such a great tandem at, at running back. Uh, you've got Ty Montgomery, who's going to finally, my boy right here, my boy Rex Burkhead. 
Um, I don't think the Patriots replaced him last year. I think they wanted uh, JJ Taylor to be that guy. They wanted him to be that that take that Rex Burkhead role. Uh, he didn't really get it done. He fumbled in Tampa against Tampa Bay in a really crucial time in Week Four and never saw the field again. And I'm going to say that even the first three weeks that he was out there, I think he was healthy scratch for one week, was there for two, never really was that spark plug. Ty Montgomery's not a burner anymore, but he's still a spark plug that can be that change of pace back and go out and receive. He'll play that back Rex Burkhead role. And James White is, is to me, uh, anybody who doesn't pay attention to the Patriots besides trying to hate on them, don't recognize just how impactful James White is as a third down running back. So when, when you start piecing it together and start looking at it rationally, I'm like, holy geez, you know, this, this Patriots offense isn't actually that bad. It's not great. Like it's not elite. It's not Stefan Diggs and Gabriel Davis and Jamison Crowder, but this the offense is going to be a lot more of a pain in the ass for defenses. And I think a lot of analysts and fans at this moment are given a credit for, especially if Mac Jones can take a step forward. Exactly. You, you know, I like the Aussie Aussie um, take just because I remember, I always remember this game, the week 17 game of 2020 against the jets when the Patriots looked like they were just having fun. Cam caught the touchdown. Aussie Aussie had the touchdown. And I'm just like, where was this all year? Like this fun football where it was a game we didn't care about. But um, I agree with everything. I, I 100% agree with the John M. Smith thing. Because I know a lot of people were ripping on that. Like, oh, why'd they give him all the money? And I'm like, I knew all along. Hunter Henry was going to be the big tight end one. John who's tight end two. Um, Damian Harris from Andre Stevenson. I, I didn't know what to think of Andre. Someone drafted him in fantasy in August. And I said, Belichick doesn't like playing rookie running backs. That was a mistake. But then he had the Cleveland game and proved me wrong. Um with James White, I it's something that just reminded me. Have you ever seen the Twitter account Tom Blake, Tom Brady highlights come up where it just shows random highlights? Yeah, from games. Yeah, James White comes up a lot. No, <laughs> not that. But something that reminded me of James White was there was a 2003 game against the Denver Broncos when Belichick punted, took the intentional safety. Yep. And Kevin Falk was the hero. It's just the same thing. Kevin Falk, Shane Vereen, James White. It's that third down passing running back. I like that, that you go back. Doing. I like that you go back to 2003 because there's a lot of young Patriots fans who those those players for us, you yeah. know, and I think you and I, I think we talked about you and I are almost the same age. Um, the, those players for us that played in those early 2000s, right? I mean, yeah. is it, it's, you know what, if I can digress a little bit, I know I do that a lot too, and I know I gave you hard out at 815 and here we are. Um, but, um, you know, we were talking about this the other night and someone said to me, Oh, I was asking a, a Bills fan. I had a Bills fan on my on our podcast, and I said, "Why are why why when did Bills fans become so soft?" I said, "You guys used to be like the nobody can hurt us, like the Buffalo Bills hurt us. How did you guys become so soft?" And he goes, "Well, I want you to imagine, you know, Tom Brady in year two, and you know, I'm and I reminded him that the Patriots fans got their their teeth kicked in a lot longer than Bills fans did up until we got. It. He goes, well, I want you to imagine. He says, Tom Brady comes in, you finally got your hero, and blah blah. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I said, the hero of New England that took us out from the the teeth well, kicking blood so came in 1993." I'm like, and when you like break down what happened in those early nineties with Drew Bledsoe, then Willie McGinnis, uh, Teddy Bruschi, you know, and, uh, lawyer Malloy and, and the list goes on and on and on. I said, you know, 
it's one of the reasons to me that as much as Bill Parcells, yes, he kind of tarnished his reputation by the way he left New England and went to the Jets and, and you know, the way he pulled things and him and Kraft hated each other and he was a sexist pig, whatever. You know, there's a lot of things not to respect about Bill Parcells. But when you look at what him and Drew Bledsoe's contribution to bringing the Patriots to relevancy – um, that was way, I would say Drew Bledsoe took the Patriots out of the abyss, him and Parcells they and then Brady, them. yeah. And, and I mean, and lost to Brett Favre and that was a Super Bowl They could have won. It wasn't like the 85 bears when they shouldn't have been there. I mean, they could have, they deserved to be in that 97 Super Bowl, but like, so Parcells and, and, and Bledsoe, they took the Patriots out of the abyss and then Belichick and Brady brought them, you know, brought us to cloud nine brought Patriots fans to cloud cloud nine so anyways I just digress I love though when guys like Kevin Falk come up because he's such yeah. a forgotten forgotten piece that was so important to that first you know that first run uh Corey Dillon too Corey Dillon came in what 1200 yards right that he rushed and then they you know they move on from Laura Malloy and bring in Rodney Harrison it just shakes and disrupts the whole team and then it, you know Harrison's a Patriots Hall of Famer and one of the, the key guys in those, you know, second Super Bowls on the team. Vince Wilfork comes in. Richard Seymour comes in. Um, just so many of uh, the Dion Branch, Super Bowl MVP, right? Like just so many key figures um, that played in those early 90s teams. And I will argue that when we speak. Mike Vrabel. Vrabel. When we get nostalgic let's say 30 years from now, like my, for me and my age group, I will look fondly among more nineties players, which are or early two thousands players, which includes Tom Brady. I want to put that on the table right now before yep. people start. Yep, yep. 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 I will look more fondly on more players from the two thousands. than I think I will the second run from 2014 and on, like there's a few players, the Devin McCourty, Jay, you know, Dante high towers. That'll, you know, stick out for me, but Ninkovich. Yeah. Nink a little bit. Um, but yeah, I think that, that there's guys from the early years. There's more, there's a bigger collection of guys because when you got to the later two thousands, there was really key figures, where there was no key figures in the early 2000s. It was just like the team, yep. right? So, anyways, I digress. Remember, too, coming out in Super Bowl 36, they came out They came out as one. And, and they got was, fined for that. The yeah. NFL wasn't going to let them. They're just like, no, F that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And if Bills fans want to say, oh, you got your savior, thank Mo Lewis for Tom Brady. That's oh, all yeah. I have to say. Yeah. You can thank, thank Mo Lewis for nearly murdering – Drew Bledsoe. The, the I, New York, the New York Jets gave yeah. us Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. That's what I always say. Yeah. Which folks, if you want to read about it, Jeff Benedict's The Dynasty. It's a highly recommended book. Fantastic book. And if you want to uh, really get the, and I'm gonna put, I'm gonna pitch this. I don't know Patriot yep. Tate when I do this. Read Seth Wickersham's book, man. Um, you want to really find out what the end of the Brady era in New England was like in that locker room. Um. What I'll say is I know a lot of people call BS on Wickersham, but I've talked to enough people that have confirmed enough that I believe most of what he says. And it's, uh, ooh, there's some stories in that book. I don't know if you've read it yet, but, uh, you, oh, God, it's, let's just put it this way. I walked away after that book, not mad at anybody, and said that the divorce had to happen. 
You know what I mean? For for everybody, because there was a three-way power struggle, and one of those one of those pillars had to fall. It was it was I love like I always say, listen, off-field NFL is so much more entertaining than on-field. The the soap opera of off the field is phenomenal. Look look what's happened the last two months. Like it's just been what a wild draft. What a wild offseason. I mean, like it's the most wild offseason I've ever seen with the millions of trades and this and quarterbacks flying all over the place. Now, D- and every time you think it's done, you hear that like now the Packers and, and the Vegas are talking about trading Darren Waller. Depot Samuel requests a trade. Like after that, after you, after Jacksonville get like sets the quarter or the wide receiver market ridiculous with Christian Kirk and then Deshaun Watson to Cleveland. It's this off season has been, you know, it's funny because you, you know, this as a content creator, like we're getting into the super bowl now, yeah. right? For content creators, this is the draft weekend is our super bowl. Uh, I will produce more content in three days and I will the rest of the season. Like this is the time of the year. I think the only time I've ever created as much content as a draft weekend was last year's Patriots free agency, just because of how ballistic it went. There was a lot of content that came out, but like, we're going to be live Thursday night. I'm going to be up early Friday morning, breaking down, you know, some of the key picks. We're going to be live again, Friday up early Saturday morning, breaking down the picks, watching the draft all day, Saturday, making content as we go. Um, And this is our super bowl. However, um, the lead up to this, because most of the time free agency is like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like you get a couple big moves, but there's like all these slow patterns, even when big names weren't signing the, the gap in the conversation. And then some of the outside figures like Sam Darnold coming out and saying that, you know, oh, I'm the best quarterback in the NFL or Cam Newton coming out and saying, uh, I want to play for a comp- I, you know, my, I'm picking my team because i want to play for a team that's a competitor for the super bowl and i have a chance to start like oh, those kaepernick two too, wanting to come back kaepernick wanting to come back uh, antonio brown not understanding why anybody will give him a chance terrell owens joining the fan league you know and at whatever 95 years old and getting back on the field uh it's just been like the outside noise has been just as entertaining I told my wife, uh, and I told uh, I told Dean Blundell this. We were having a conversation. I told a lot of people this. I have never been in a situation where my eyes have been locked onto Twitter so much because you're just you're terrified as a content creator. You're just terrified you're going to miss something. Exactly, exactly, and that's what. Like, look, this is the time of year where every fan has optimism. It's the time of year every fan has like a sense of hope. Like, obviously, you want September and October roll around. So just a lot of those teams you realize. Not our year and everything like that, but this year, every like this is the week everyone's truly excited. This is the weekend where football guys shine. This is the time of year where, look, you you just hope that's what's best. You just hope there's hope. There's hope, and look, you're gonna spin. I'm gonna get use a lot of gambling metaphors here. You're gonna spin this. You're gonna pull the hand lever at the slot machine. You're gonna spin the roulette wheel, and you're hoping that red or black, or you get sevens on these prospects. That's what's gonna happen. And I say that. Because Vegas, and which I would have loved to have gone, but by the time I looked at hotel rooms, it was like five hundred dollars a night. And I said no. But two in two years from now, it's in Detroit. So yep. that's what, that's what I gotta say. It's in Detroit, and that's only that's four hours for me. That's four hours. So we'll see what happens there. But no, this is this is the time of year when content creators shine. This is the time of year where a lot of guys put in a lot of work. But even still, the NFL, there's not ever an off season like for the NHL example because their season's winding down. Cup gets awarded. 
schedule comes out, draft gets draft happens, free agency happens, then everyone from Canada today to Labor Day kind of like you know goes away, goes quiet. They go off to their cottages and stuff and report on if something happens here or there. The NFL is a twelve month a year machine. Even though there's probably like a six week period in the middle of the summer that goes quiet, but besides that, it's just a never ending cycle, and that's why I love it, and that's why I love to do. That's why I started a football podcast out of every sport. Well, we, um, yeah, no, last night we were just planning out our summer schedule. Yeah. You know, and basically, um, you know, from a, the thing is, is it's as a content creator, you know, a little bit of the insight to people out there who may be thinking about it. Um, the last three years of content creation has been wild because my, my best year was 2020. Um, especially very early pandemic um, when people are sitting at home and had nothing to do. They were just people just absorbing content everywhere they could. And our numbers are just going through the roof. And that was when, uh, you know, we're on Sportscaster and we're, ha- we're, we're hitting like, like 30,000, you know, live viewers per episode. And we're just, you know, we're living the high life. And then, um, and then you go through these waves. 2021 was still not as high as 2020, but, a little bit there and then 2022 like yay man but you know even even us in canada like um because i was talking about this with last night last april at this time i know it's a little bit different in the u.s but griff and i are you know we're just down the road from each other you know uh you know down the qew or whatever down the 401 from each other yeah um this time last dude this time last year we were in complete lockdown april of 2021 like we were still in a complete lockdown uh, i think we were just opening up in may because this was our second shutdown because in march we we spiked you know the covid numbers spiked so <clears throat> there was still a lot of people even americans even though there was a lot of things more open in the u.s like like my partner was saying to me last night our, my, my broadcast partner was like yeah we were open but there was still a lot of like uneasiness a lot of people weren't going to the bars and whatnot right 2022 we don't wear masks here anymore um I do, but you know, we don't have to bars are open. All that kind of stuff is happening. And, um, it, it's like, you know, uh, my friends who were watching me all through the pandemic, I'm like, Hey, did you see the show last night? And like, my buddy's just like, Ray straight up, like I'm vaccinated and wanted to go to a bar and didn't want to sit there and watch you on YouTube. But I'm like, <laughs> fair, it's fair. You fair. know what I mean? Yeah. Fair, fair point. So, um, it's been a really, really weird content year. So uh, this this off season really helped us keep those numbers up because people were excited about everything happening. And then, of course, um, uh, I did something a little bit different on my channel, and we didn't cover the draft at all the last month because every content creator, every podcaster out there was doing all their their, their draft stuff. And I was like, let's be completely different. Like I because. Like, we're like we're not your typical for anybody who's going to check us out we're not your typical fantasy betting show like we do football analytics we do fantasy we do betting we started last night talking about aj brown as in fantasy we talked about it for two minutes and spent 20 minutes talking about baker mayfield where he's going to end up so like we don't restrict ourselves to just those things right but um yeah yeah, it's been a really it's been a fun year and then leading to this like i was just uh saying to somebody today i don't know how you feel but like um knowing what this what thursday is gonna bring like my adrenaline is starting i 
just it was i tweeted out today hey our draft party starts at 7 30 and griff i'll i'll shoot you um a link i don't know what you're doing but we got people popping in and out all night there's no set times i want to come in and say hi and talk about the draft so i'll, I'll drop you a link and if you want to pop in and tell your audience who you are and where to find you and my audience meeting and come see and come in hang out but we're doing our big draft party and as soon as i sent the the post like hey we're starting at 7 30 p.m i saw it tonight before we came on yeah my adrenaline suddenly started doing this and i was like okay i know what's coming you know what I mean? like i'm starting to get the the buzz you know what i mean the like okay draft is coming and just for anybody who does want to join us over on the deer pass nation youtube channel live uh, also the dean blundell youtube channel and twitter page as per tradition after they sing the american national anthem I sing the Canadian national anthem because I feel like we get, you know, a lot of Canadians are watching and we get kind of stiffed on that. So I will sing the Canadian national anthem. And I'm going to be honest, I'll probably sing the old version. I always forget to sing the new version. It's not me trying to be disrespectful. Just I, I grew up singing the old version and forget, but I'm going to try. I'm going to try to remember to sing the, sing the new version. And even still, so Thursday is going to, Thursday's going to be crazy for me because I have like already loaded NFL draft, but we got game six too Thursday night. So I know. I'm, I'm trying like, to figure out. I'm trying to figure out how to balance that. The only thing is, and I tweeted this today, Philly ain't winning in Toronto. And this has 2019 written all over it. This What's your nervousness? Back, this goes back to Philly for game seven. We're winning. I'm, I'm calling that right now. You can oh, bookmark yeah. it right here. This Philly, if Philly does not close out Thursday night, which well, they're not. I don't even think that they're not going to. I think you, we're going to win. You have a lot of Toronto people who watch your stuff, right? Like you got a you got a big Toronto base. Yeah, I got a, a lot of my following is in Canada, and the same people too who view like the TikToks and the Perfect. I also post on my Instagram channel for those. It's all awesome. it's a lot of Canadian. Well, post this on your Instagram. Jurassic Park, get down there and go crazy. I mean, if there there is no team in Toronto, not the Blue Jays, not the Maple Leafs. Not the Argos or Rock. They're not real professional teams anyways, but not the – sorry, I had to take that shot. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, but, no, nobody feeds off the fans like the Toronto Raptors feed off the fans. I mean, that that team, going back to DeRozan and Lowry, have just sucked in this city. That's why LeBron felt it when he was here. Go down there. Just make Embiid feels just uncomfortable, and uh, Scotty Barnes should be up to full minutes, and – I want to see them just and and I love playoff Harden. You know what I mean? And just yeah. you know what I mean? And just especially after the Zanzibar. Yeah, they ain't. They're not losing in Toronto, and they're gonna go close it out in Philly. They're probably gonna get smoked in the next round, and I'm I'm you know I'm cool with that because the Raptors, every all those American pundits didn't even give the Raptors a chance of making the play. Maybe they gave them a chance of getting into the play play in tournament. Can I tell you, so with gambling and everything, because TSN 1050 here, um, gameplay, Matthew Cause, yeah. it's on TSN 1050, two to four. I remember I was listening to one day at work, and the Raptors one point, their over-under win total was 34. And I said, I, I, I looked at it, and I was like, I'm like, I should have taken it. I think it was like, it was still like plus, I think it was like, like even at one point in the playoffs, too, for them to make the playoffs, it was like plus five. Like at one point in the series it was plus five thousand, and that's gone down to plus nine hundred for them to get out of the first round. Once going from three nothing to three two, but when I saw that over under win total, I was almost this close to combining that with Scotty to win Rookie of the Year, and I didn't. And look, both would have hit, but it is what it is. Um, Dude, I don't know if you saw this tweet I threw out today. 
because Chuck just came out and did his top 10 players in the league. Yep. And I said, in three years, Scotty Barnes is going to be on that list. I said, guarantee. Three years, Scotty Barnes is going to be on that list. I love that kid. Same. Love that kid. Um, but what was the other thing I was going to say? So we have a Thursday. I had people starting to ask me, like, oh, let's go to Maple Leaf. Like, let's go to Jurassic Park and everything like that. And I'm just like, fuck, I want to. But I'm like, NFL draft. Jurassic Park. Yeah, you got, yeah, you got like, the, the – it's yeah, it's tough, man. I know it's tough. It's tough, and it's funny because I'm in I'm in the same boat for a lot of things. So you got you got the Raptors, obviously. Um, I'm trying to watch every Blue Jay game, even if I got to watch the Jays in thirty, because his team is just so fun to watch. And yep. then playing the Red Sox right now is just fantastic for you know my base. Um, I'm not a hockey fan, so I don't care about the least. But I know that that that's a big thing coming up, and then. Uh, we got this, you know, thing happening in Ottawa again this weekend, and that's a big deal on the Blundell network. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, I'm just like, look, this weekend is just going to be absolute insanity. Um, I'm looking, and this is, you know, this is the thing. Like, this is either the time for guys like you and guys like me. We're either going to thrive in this, or this is where we're just going to collapse and be like, I'm done. Forget it. Take my mic. You know, I'm going to hang it up. So I'm looking forward to that. Like I said, my adrenaline is all ready. I'm dr- I've, I've noticed today I started drinking more coffee. I've had like the, the, the 80s metal in my headphones. I'm kind of just like thinking about things as, okay, you know, how am I going to approach this? How am I going to approach that? And it's, um, oh, I love it. Dude, I'm just, I hope everybody else is excited. Yeah, and, and it's funny because I'm so been so wrapped up in this. It's like I wasn't even thinking until right now that game six is on Thursday night. So now I'm going to have to have the draft on one TV. I'm going to have to have the game on my phone. I'm going to have to just have a bunch. Luckily, of one starts at seven and then one the draft starts at eight. So that's like that's the one saving grace and fortune. Well, you know what the bad part is? I, I've, if we time it up, the yeah. Patriots will probably be picking right around the end of the fourth quarter. Yeah. Yeah. So like as it's – and you know it's going to be like a two-point game. So just as like you're locked in on that – uh, you're gonna have to keep one eye on the Patriots, one on the draft, one eye on the game. It's uh, I know why you know it's one of those things that you're like, if they lose on Thursday, it actually if they were gonna lose, it probably the best day because I think I'd be so wrapped up into what I'm doing live yeah. and everything that it wouldn't impact me the same way. But I said that I said to a buddy of mine last night, I was like, first of all, first of all, rap that was domination last night in Philly, in Philly. Oh, yeah just absolutely dominated them and i texted my buddy i'm like domination he's like yeah he's like if it goes to seven same thing as you if it goes to seven raptors everybody's saying that if it goes back to philly the raptors are winning doc rivers is famous for dropping playoff games and then i was like i was sitting back and i was just like dude you know what though i'm like if they lose like game six or seven i wish they would have got swept because this is just gonna like crush me because it's like i always call it that false hope Right, That's it's, welcome, welcome to being a Toronto sports fan. Yeah, dude. But you know what? Right now, Dean tweeted out the other day, and I agreed with him so much. He's like, he's like, hey, I'm not embarrassed to be a Toronto sports fan right now. And I'm like, <laughs> it's so true, so true. The Jays are so fun to watch. Uh, your Leafs are doing well. You know what I mean? They're gonna play uh, what Tampa in the playoffs is gonna be tough because goaltending can't you know sucks. But yeah, yeah it's gonna be fun, man. We'll, we'll wait and see what happens. We'll to, it's it's an exciting time to be in the six right now. That's all I can say. I'm going back to the NFL, and we're talking about the craziness of this year. I want to ask you something. If you had to pick, and I've been asking everyone who's been coming on here the last few weeks so this question. If you have to pick one team from the AFC West who's going to be the disappointment, because, look, for everybody out there going like, oh, we should have a red zone, and, like, every game is going to be great with the AFC West, sure. There's going to be one team out there that's going to be a disappointment and miss the playoffs and probably have a losing record. In your opinion, who's that going to be, Ray? 
I don't know if they're going to have a losing record. Um, I predicted that all four of those like West teams. I'm hundred four ninety. I've I've actually predicted all four teams are going to the playoffs. It's going to be the first time ever that all four go to the playoffs. Um, I I I did predict that about the North last year too. So let's relax a little bit with that prediction. Yeah. Uh, but by far my the easiest pick in that is for me is the Chiefs. Uh, I see Denver, Vegas, and the Chargers way ahead. They're all better. They're all three of them are better defensively. All of them have better offenses. The only thing that keeps the Chiefs gives them any hope is Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. And I'll throw Travis Kelsey in there as well, but he can't do it all on his own. I look at Juju Smith-Schuster and, and Scantling, and I'm like, what the hell? Like, that's just like, you know what I mean? Like, they're probably going to take a receiver in the draft, obviously, right? Yeah. Um, but in the, they got to hope that he that receiver performs the way they want him to perform. Uh, but you know what? It's not even tough. And I bet you got a lot of hmms and ha's and ooh. I, I, to me, it's not even tough. I've been pounding this for two weeks. And this isn't my hatred for Chiefs fans. It's the Kansas City Chiefs. that They are, in my opinion, the weakest team in the AFC West right now. My big thing, too, is as well, for all the people out there that are saying that Mahomes one day is going to be Brady and that he's going to win six or seven Super Bowls, getting paid all this money is really going to show, hey, are you not are you worth it? But, hey, should we have not – like, is the whole gold standard thing really a bad thing more than a good thing? Because, look, there's certain – I can go back to other sports, too. Like, with baseball, you look at a guy like Mike Trout, who's a great one of the greatest players in the game, but his team can't ever do anything. Football is obviously a sport where one guy can impact it, but then at the same time, too, it can impact it in a good way or a bad way. So I'm with you on the sense of that, but at the same time, too, we could be coming back here in November and going, Patrick Holmes said, uh, I'm actually as good as people think I am. Well, Patrick Holmes is as good as people think he is. That's the yeah. thing. I'm nobody, nobody fool yourself. Yeah, I'm not Patrick, saying he's bad or anything, but you no, know what I mean. no. Patrick Mahomes is like, again, I have Josh Allen is the best. I will accept an argument of of Patrick Mahomes if you wanted to go down that road. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's one and one A as far as I'm concerned. They're dynamic. They do things that nobody else can do. They throw those cross body passes. I mean, forget the no looks and stuff. I mean, that's a lot of that is luck. But these two guys can throw from across the field and hit their guys perfectly. You're taught as a quarterback not to do that. So I mean, if we're back here in November and the Chiefs are at first in the AFC West, I will I will tell you right now, it'll 100% be because of Patrick Mahomes. That's what I said. There's And Andy Reid. The yeah. only, those are the two cat, those are the two, dude, it's the same way with the Patriots, right? If you go back to 2018, and I, re, I remember this tweet specifically, somebody trying to have an argument with uh, a Patriots fan trying to have an argument with another player. And they're like, oh, the Patriots, you know, offense is poverty or something like that. And this dude starts listing Cordero Patterson, Chris Hogan, Julian Edelman, Rob Gronkowski. Like, how are you going to beat that? And I was like, dude, did you just use Cordero Patterson and Chris Hogan to try to say how good – with an old beat-up Gronk who's been awful, you know, who's, who's got like 500 yards receiving this year. Did you just list those four guys as the, you know, the catalyst for the Patriots? Um, so you know what I mean? But you had Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Yeah. Right? And, and, and when you look in, in Kansas City – you got Andy Reid and you got Patrick Mahomes. So if they're still there, it I think they're the weakest team, but if they're first in the West, it wouldn't surprise me if that makes sense to you. You know what I mean? Just because of those two guys and they can single-handedly change things themselves. Exactly. Mine 
My pick still is Vegas just because we don't know what Derek Carr we're going to get because he's so Jekyll and Hyde. That's my thing. So I think he's got a lot to prove, especially to the fact he just got his new contract extension. But for all we know, it's it's a crapshoot, and who knows what can happen. Everyone's given different answers, but the one team no one has really said is the Chargers, surprisingly. I've gotten a lot of I've gotten a lot of Broncos, surprisingly, with that question. Doesn't that doesn't surprise me at all? I I think the the Chargers are going to sit right in the middle. That's I don't think they're the worst. I don't think they're the best. I think they'll be that, second or third. Yeah, their defense is too good. Their offense is too good. Their run defense um, is shit. What's that? Their run defense is horrible. Their run defense is horrible, but their pass defense is good. They just got J.C. Jackson, which I think some Charger fans are going to be surprised how often he gets burnt by fast receivers, and that's going to be a tough division to be in. Uh, but there's, you know what, the the Raiders doesn't, you know, I don't hate that pick from you, even though I think they're actually going to win the division, but I understand why you say it. Um, forget Derek Carr. A discussion that we've been having a lot of is what is Devontae Adams going to look like? Is Devontae Adams Devontae Adams because of him or was he Devontae Adams because of Aaron Rodgers? Right. Like that was conversation. So we got to see if Adams really is the like when DeAndre Hopkins left Houston and went to Arizona. He still looked like DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. Will Devontae Adams look like Devontae? Will Tyreek Hill an older Tyreek Hill? look like Tyree Kill with Tua Tango Viola because I would even say Alex Smith was a little bit more consistent um, when he was there than Tango Viola is right now in his career. Exactly. And I have I have a what if with, with the Raiders as well, and it's a bit of a darker one, but I do this with the Patriots too. Uh, I do this with the Patriots. Like how good would the Boston Tea Party have been had Aaron Hernandez not done what he had did? My thing is how would this Raiders offense look when you had Adams and if Rubs didn't have his unfortunate tra- – not unfortunate, but his tragedy that he had back in November if he was still playing football and he didn't do something incredibly stupid that took someone's life. So I don't he- know if you get Devontae Adams if you have Ruggs, though, because his contract is coming up. You know what good. I mean? Yeah, good, good, so good I- point. Good point. I'm just trying to piece the two together, kind of like how I do Aaron Hernandez being – probably a top five tight end, not of all time in the NFL, but in the NFL for the last few years, if he hadn't let his dark side. Oh, I, I totally agree with you on that one. And I think, yeah, you know, it would have just, the dynamic of the Patriots would have been very different. Right. Yeah. Um, and Hernandez could easily slide into that tight end one spot. If Gronk gets hurt, you know, like there's a lot of different things, but you know, stuff happened. Um, but then maybe you don't have Martellus Bennett when you, you know, win Super Bowl 51 and Bennett had a big part of that season and plays a different style of football than Aaron Hernandez. Maybe you don't pay Stephon Gilmore. So you don't win 2018. Maybe you don't pay Hightower when he's a free agent. Cause you got $40 million tied up in Aaron. Don't forget, right. That was like $40 million tied up in Aaron Hernandez. And then five years later, he would have been up for another contract extension. He would have been in the peak of his career. Now you're looking at, you know, probably another 40 to $50 million. And if that's the case, who are you saying goodbye to? And that could be a high tower who had a big part of two Super Bowls, right? Like, you know what I mean? Maybe you don't get uh Darrell Revis. Maybe you don't get Brandon Browner. So I totally get it. It's like, this could happen, but then there's that like domino effect of, okay, where does this fall? Where does this fall? Where does this fall? Where does this fall? And I think back to that 2011 team with like Chad Ochocinco and all that kind of thing. And it's like, I almost feel like that season had to happen for the Patriots to to make some fundamental changes to the type of players they bring into their system. And I know Hernandez and Gronk were around for that, but it's like sometimes like things need to happen for changes to happen. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? 
Yeah, I get that. It's just a, the Aaron Hernandez what if is something that's going to live with me for a long, like for a long time. Oh, just yeah. thinking of how good of a player he could have been, just because he showed his true potential and he got in a nice contract after his second, after his third season. Absolutely, but like I, you know, I always like the what ifs. You know, my my what if always is to people: what if Gronk was a Brown? Like, what if Cleveland drafted Gronk? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's I always that's my my favorite what if in the world. Like, because 30, 32 teams could have drafted Gronk before the Patriots did. I'm like, Rob Gronkowski, and, and this is more because because Gronk, uh, I believe, has has just been an idiot since he left New England about the Patriots. And, yeah. you know, you can be upset and bitter about Bill Belichick, but I always kind of turn around and I'm like, dude, if you were drafted by Cleveland you and you had, your, you had your injury history, you wouldn't be Gronk, number one. You'd be Rob Gronkowski from Arizona. You wouldn't have the party bus. A lot of what you had was because of your antics on the duck boats when you won yeah. Super Bowls. And one of those Super Bowls, you weren't even on the field because you were injured, but you made an ass out of yourself at the parade. And you dented the world, and you dented the Lombardi <laughs> at Fenway Park on opening day. I think that was, I think that was the same Super Bowl. I think that was 2017. I think no, that, that, was, yeah, that was yeah, yeah, 2018 season, 2018 season. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it's um. So I always say like you know the I love playing the what if game. You know what I mean? Like what it if sucks, this team... but you love it. Yeah. Um, like my big what if is for this past year, even though we got our butts kicked, what if the Buffalo Bills didn't play We Are the Champions after beating us in the wild card round and printing shirts of the stat line, which still brings me to believe the whole we forever live rent free in the head of Bills Mafia. Oh, Except at Bills dude, Mafia. Dude, a thousand percent. A thousand percent. Uh is the equivalent like I tweeted something the other day. Somebody was talking smack about the Patriots of Bills fan and, and Patriot fans were getting all upset with them. And I just quote tweeted and I was like, Hey, listen, when you're the wild card champions, you can talk all the smack you want, you know? And my boy, who's a Bills fan from hashtag sports was just like, dude, come on. And I'm like, ah, I'm like, you know, what I mean? Oh no, no, no. Listen, Bill, Bill's mafia. Um, we love you, but we hate you. The Patriots live rent-free. I don't even hate you, Bills Mafia. I don't even hate you because you're the better team now, and yet for some reason you can't keep the Patriots' name out of your mouth. That's what years of asking. I had I had a one of, a good guy in here who was a Bills fan, Joe Miller the third from uh, Buffalo Rumblings last week, and we were talking about a bunch of stuff. And it seems like I actually asked him another one question. I asked him, and he gave me a really interesting answer. I said, "How much pressure is there under Josh Allen to win this year?" And he said, basically, look, Josh Allen has nothing, like next to nothing to prove. Um, and basically, he thinks that Mahomes and Herbert have not Herbert Burrow. Um, before we get Chad here, I want to ask you quickly, ideal draft, what positions and why? All right. So I can't give you names, but I'll give you positions. And this, this, is, is, this is perfectly OK. Yeah, this is my order of priority for the Patriots. Cornerback is number one. Um, I have a piece up right now on rayroute.com. There's a blog there, or I did a video about it as well over on our YouTube page. If the Patriots do not address the cornerback position in the draft this year and hit it and get a true number one corner, I call into question what the next two to three seasons are going to look like for New England because right now their secondary is a disaster. Number two on that list is interior offensive linemen. The Patriots need to protect Mac Jones. They lost Shaq Mason. Mike on they lost Ted Karras. On Mike Onwino is going to shift in, which means you're losing that that sixth tackle that you know that second tackle that they could bring in in those shift formations. Interior offensive lineman is number two. When's number, Mike on next year too? Yep. Number three, 
uh, is a linebacker. The Patriots need, I think, they've done a good job bringing in the hybrid pay- players. Mac Wilson, obviously athletic linebacker, not like you know a star, but he's going to fit well. They brought back Jawan Bentley. They brought in Jabril Peppers, who's going to who's, who's going to play like a linebacker. But I think they need another athletic linebacker. Uh, bringing back, you know, obviously they got Cameron McGrone, who's going to play this year. Ronnie I think Burgers they need to get more playing time. Yeah, yeah, Tony, uh, Ronnie Perkins coming off of the the edge, and then of course like Josh Uche. But I think uh, number three is get another athletic linebacker, um, and then number four on my list is wide receiver. And I know that there's Patriot fans who can't see beyond uh, wide receiver, but he's number four on my list. Um, that being said, if your guy is let's say John Mechie, like let's say that's your priority, um, he's probably not going to fall to the second round, even though. I'm saying it's a fourth priority. I'm not saying that they won't pick the guys out in different rounds because there's a lot of depth. But without a shadow of a doubt, no ifs, ands, or buts, the New England Patriots have to take a cornerback in the first round because there's way too many flyers in the second round. There's too way too many we-don't-know guys. They need an Andrew Booth Jr. who can play man and zone. They need somebody who can play. It needs to be a corner in the first round. They're playing with fire, quote-unquote, if they don't. I 100% agree with the cornerback thing. Like They don't have to go out there and get Sauce Gardner. We know Sauce is probably going to go top five. Andrew Booth is going to would be a great pick. Kyler Elam. There's many other guys out there that they can go and get that are going to come in and make a day one impact. As for receiver, I'm a Slade Bolden guy. Why? Because I'm a Patriots fan. Um, Just so you know, my my co-host believes that they're going to get Slade Bolden as a UDFA. He doesn't even think he's going to get drafted. That's going to be Britton Covey out of, uh, (laughs) and it's going to be Alec Pierce out of Cincinnati that they're going to take. They're going to take Alec Pierce and John Mechie. Day two and Kyle Phillips somehow as well is going to be a Patriot. I, I don't like the rules, but slot skinny white receivers. Look at you. They're Look at you. <laughs> but Patriots Nation, if you're a if you're from the six, thank you for listening. This has been episode number one hundred and sixty six here on the YWC Football Talk podcast. For Ray Route, I'm Griff. Have a good night. Enjoy the draft, and for the love of God, Bill Belichick, draft a cornerback. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. Had all, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all had. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.